1: Saturday morning and here come the girls Ray and Faye with Let's Talk Gardening
0: Hey, hey, gardening friends. How are you out there? Yes, we are fabulous at this end. Also, thank you for asking. And you can call through any time till 10 this morning with your gardening questions and comments by giving Bev a call on 94841927. Big shout out to the dynamic duo. Love this pair, Chris Bartlett and Mark Carlton for the Fabulous Breakfast program. And Chris returns tomorrow evening at 9pm with the Sunday Soiree, which is uh, nice mellow music uh, to to get you in the mood to have a great great night's sleep nice slumber you're coming your way from 9 p.m slumber music or sleep music and a big shout out also to our cycling dj jim crinan for the cycling update just now and jim does return at 10 a.m with the classic 70s so how's that for multitasking feya caro good morning, good Ray morning. how's it all going
2: it's great do you feel that change in the weather Oh, come on! Oh, what change? Oh, the nights are cooler. Last night was definitely cooler. The feeling out there this morning—it's just yeah. we've kicked
0: into a new phase, Ray. Have we? It's very humid. I find it very humid. Well, I just got have perspiration dripping off me most of the time. Okay. Literally, I do. Then probably is something wrong with my thermostat. So, you know, I still want to move your to body, the Antarctica. Your I body still want thermostat. To yeah. Oh, I must be. Because, you know, you're saying it's fabulous and I'm going, oh, no, well, it's still, to me it's still very warm. We
2: were out last night. So we came home after dark and it was mm. evident that last night was not one of those warm, balmy nights. If you're in the house and you've got the TV on and the air conditioner going, like a lot of people might mm. have been lately, escaping heat then you you wouldn't notice it. But if you're outside at, at different times, I was up early this week and it was sort of like you need another layer on type weather.
0: Well, I set out last night to after 9 o'clock and, uh, yes, and, uh, so I thought it, it was... So it wasn't cool where you were? I don't think so. I oh. don't think there was a lot of anything okay. going on. That, well, again, that's just well, my personal opinion. You, well, mm-hmm.
2: you're near water, yes. so your temperature... Ambiance is a little bit more stable perhaps Mm. uh, compared to where we are but Ray we are now in Boonaroo.
0: Boonaroo I like that.
2: Yes it's the second summer. (laughs) Oh I'm thrilled with that. that. It's the hottest part of the year where there's little or no rain, easterly winds, sea breeze, (laughs) uh, merry flowers and It's time to start autumn planning because there's only 16 days to go. The nights are cooler and you would have noticed that the days are shorter. Actually, the sunsets are just incredible. They're like the sky is on fire. Uh, It's the time to fertilise fruit trees, to propagate, to pot and feed and just to really enjoy the summer that we've had and looking forward to the autumn.
0: Okay, I enjoy your optimism. I really <laughs> Very do. good. Okay, 94841927. Let's head to Mandra. Joy, good morning.
1: Morning, Joy. Oh, good morning, ladies. Um I'm ringing actually for my son. He's got two big fig trees and he seems to think that they're covered in a mealybug type thing. Oh, yes, yes.
2: I um, I guess, sorry to cut in. I yes. Right. Are they small barnacles, slightly pink? Um, yeah, I, yeah, oh, I think scale. they are. Yes, that is the fig wax scale, and it's quite prevalent around yeah. at the moment. There's a oh, very think... high chance that there will be signs of ants as well, and you'll yeah. probably see both large barnacles and really small pinprick dots. Now it is a scale insect, so the idea is to spray with something that will coat the insect and it it breaks down their outer layering and they die, which can take time and they don't actually fall off. so I would use something like uh something safe like
1: an eco oil that's exactly what he's been using right but It's been such a big job, Yes. History. yes is something else,
2: you know. Okay, so there's that. There's also soap products uh, or a natra soap uh, and that's very low in toxicity. Now, try and deal with the ants as well because the ants are the ones that will find any live ones and start moving them around. So target the ants too. So if it is a very big tree, I would be tempted to to do um, some sort of cut back rather than dealing with a huge infestation. That way you'll have more chance. You need to spray any oils probably in the evening rather than in the morning because oils and hot weather aren't good for the
1: plant. No. Um, Can he cut them back now even though it has um, fruit on it?
2: Well, he would lose the fruit, but you just need to weigh up how bad the infestation is.
3: Oh, okay. Mm. It's right. not.
2: It's certainly not an ideal time to cut it back, uh, no. but it is time for summer pruning. So, yeah, you, you weigh up whether you're going to lose the fruit, but will you lose the fruit anyway if you can't get the scale under control?
1: Yeah. Exactly, yeah.
2: But target exactly. the ants and it's imperative to clean up any fallen leaves and do that ongoing, particularly in wintertime because they will hang around at ground level and they'll be back again next
1: year. Mm. Well, um, so he's on the right tram, really, um, doing the oil.
2: Yes, and if he goes back and rubs, it's quite satisfying, really, rubbing those stems and getting the the dead dry scale and flicking them off. Um, Because if they're still alive, they'll be moist and sticky and they'll bleed. But if they're dry, they'll be crunchy and, and sort of flick off. Yeah. And they flick off easily yeah. even after they're dead. But they will oh, stay there okay. anyway unless you yeah. scrape them off.
1: Well, yes. Well, Like once you spray, um, if they're sticking to the thing, you think they're still alive actually, I that's, guess.
2: That's exactly
1: right. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much, ladies. You're welcome, Joy. Good
0: luck. Good luck. Okay. Thanks, Joy. Cheers. Okay. And let's head to Queens Park. Speaking with Karen. Good morning. Morning,
4: Karen. Good morning. I haven't rung in for a while because you... everything had been broken down. And nothing was working, including me <laughs> oh. the Can't. I just can't cope with that heat. It's it, it... well. It's, do you it's know? It's
0: hideous, Karen. I, I'm with
4: you.
2: Ray did say we haven't heard from. Karen,
4: for I a while. We hope that. she's all right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. But uh, my internet wasn't working. The phone was, was giving me problems. So everything is didn't like the heat, <laughs> <laughs> as I said, including me. That's it. Anyway, I'll, I just have to do something in the garden. What I've just noticed some quite a few of my trees. I can see the veins in the leaves, especially in my bohemias and also in some of the um, my my um, lemon tree. Um, Now, I have read up that I should use... uh, It could be either iron deficiency or magnesium deficiency. Can I give them both? Well, Karen, this is why I always
2: recommend a complete fertiliser because it will Mm -hmm. cover all of the nutrients. It could also be pH. Do you have the ability to test the pH of your soil?
4: Yes, yes, I can do that. Okay.
2: If you do that, because in a... An alkaline soil, some of those nutrients are locked up or not easily available to the plant. So, the best way to get them into the leaves would be with a foliar feed. So, you could use something (laughs) like something designed for flowering and fruiting plants like Thrive or Miracle Grow, Power Feed, something like that. To give it the nutrition that it le- needs, and they take it in through their leaves as well as their roots. So, if you made up a ho- half-strength <laughs> solution and sprayed it over the plants, that would give
4: you the quickest result. Okay. And how often should I do that? And I suppose only in the early in the morning, or
2: or later in the day would be fine. Mm-hmm. Yes, not not, not in be- the heat. Not in heat. But they do need that nutrition. So you could do a half-strength weekly.
4: Ah, okay, okay. Okay, good, good,
2: but good. You're, you're on the right track. It does sound like they're hungry for something, but giving them mm-hmm. the complete nutrition should cover all your bases. And with a foliar feed, you should see the results more quickly than... Oh, okay, because I had given
4: them some, some complete fertiliser, which is a while ago. I wasn't sure that I can give it to them when it's so hot, whether they... Uh, I don't burn the plant. That's what I'm so afraid of. Yeah. And I that's... They're burned anyway. Yeah, burn yeah exactly. It it, on top of it.
2: It is getting to the time again. Well, you know, once we've passed the heat, the real bad heat, the plants that are growing still do well with nutrition. So we're coming up to autumn. It's only about less than three weeks away. So keeping that in mind, the cooler nights, it kind of changes everything. The plants will start coping better. And I've already seen in some areas of my garden, there's there's signs of regeneration after that little bit of rain we had.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I've noticed it too, yeah. Mm. And, and can I just, just mention my mango tree? I've got a very big mango tree. Unfortunately, it is growing so big. I've seen on, on some of the leaves. It's the first time I've noticed that there is a, a slight whitish uh, cover which I can wipe away. I don't know what to do about it. It's too big to spray it or to do anything. What about if I just forget it and just leave it?
2: Uh, Karen, can you send us photo,
4: please? Okay, yes, I can do that. I'm, I'm not it sure. It's just on some of them. and it's, At the moment, it's, it's full of fruit and and. It's so big. I know I have to have to cut back eventually, but at the moment I can't. I really can't do anything about it.
2: Well, I but would. I, I, I do wonder what the the white powder might be. Whether it's dust.
4: Um... It, it can wipe it away. It, it, it's very. It's not very dark. It's not very whiteish. It, it's more, more grey. But it's not not on all the leaves. It's just on some of them. And it's the first time I've noticed it. I've never seen it in other years. Mm. But I'll send you a photograph by next week. So we can talk about it next week. All right. Thanks, Karen. Thank you so much. Have a lovely day. Thank you.
0: You too. too. Bye. Cheers for that. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And coming up shortly, we are chatting with Eva Ritchie. She is the Executive Officer of the WA Turf Industry. And we're talking about brown lawns. I think there might be a few out there, including Faye, You were saying you've got some trouble yes, too. Yes, yes, I've been
2: tipped over the edge this week.
0: <laughs> yeah, it happens. It happens. You take your eye off the ball. It doesn't take much in this climate, this weather, this heat that we're enduring in our gardens. You take the eye off the ball for one reason or another, and we all do it, and we all pay a price, or our mm. plants pay a price. It's just—it's a it's so combination
2: hard. of things too, Ray. It's yeah. not just one thing, no. but we really need to get the the things right in order and so we're going to talk to Eva about that I thought it was very topical and also to thank her for the great support she's been
0: to us and and all the giveaways that she's come up with for us exactly and speaking of giveaways now we had an irrigation controller on offer in the last week and we have a winner so we will be speaking about that uh, very, very soon. But uh, this was donated to us by HR Products, Daryl Wiley. It was a Orbit Beehive Pro 8 Station Outdoor Smart Contrology. That's a mouthful. Uh, with a retail value of $359. Uh, it's a smart weather sense technology is what it uses to track weather conditions for your postcode and adjust the water appropriately. When when you are reticulating your garden, it all starts with that little control box. Okay. Oh, I can't
2: wait to okay. learn more about them. <laughs> to learn more. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah, they are very They just very sound handy. wonderful. And
2: I I've done a little bit of homework and it seems that you can also put in extra information about and what's what's around. That's so right. I guess yeah. trees, shade, yeah. maybe yeah.
0: roots. You can put in a lot of information into mm. this one. And exactly that is exactly right. And uh you can have more different information in different zones, mm. that's that's really very, very handy. So we'll announce the winner very shortly. Oh, I was about to go to a phone call, but that actually just disappeared. So how about we announce the winner right now? Now, you and John picked this one. <laughs> and we have selected Bernard. Now, I hope I'm saying this right. It's Jervis, Gerbes, G-E-R-B-E-S, Bernard Jervis, And his email is just a short email. And it read, I live in Broome where we recently received over half a metre of rain in two days. They certainly did. Then after March, there is usually no rain for nine months. Never rains, but it pours, he says. I travel. Whilst I'm away, I wish I could not waste water, but keep things from drying out. This equipment sounds ideal. The ultimate turn on. Okay, he said, can you help me? Thanks so much for the great music. Hey, hey, Bernard, this is the garden show. I know what he means. You mean Curtin FM in general. Yes, we do have the best music in Perth. No shadow of a doubt. Uh, And he said he takes it everywhere with him and isn't the internet a wonderful thing? Uh, Yes, indeed it is. So congratulations to Bernard. And Bernard, we will be connecting you with uh, the suppliers, which are Orbit Beehive Customer service team, we will be connecting you. I don't know whether you're in Perth or how we go about this one, or whether well, um, he, he's, he's in, Broome. Based
2: in Broome. And I thought yeah. I could just imagine seeing someone sitting at the airport, <laughs> and you know, there's a shower of rain in Broome. So, boom, you know, you can turn it off, and yeah. because otherwise, you go away on a summer holiday. What do you do? That's very difficult. You you mm. set your controller for mm. worst case scenario. Mm. Yeah. So if there's a better way,
0: let's let's do it. Yes. Okay. So huge thanks to HR Products and Daryl Wiley, of course, all coming about to us through Eva Ricci, who we're chatting to in just a moment. Now we're talking Agapanthus, Caroline. Good morning. Hi. Morning,
3: ladies. How are you all this morning?
2: Very good, Caroline.
3: That's good. I just wanted to talk about my Agapanthus.
1: Yes. I had
3: put in one I'd put in Black Panther,
1: Mm. And-
3: I had given them a little fertiliser a long time ago and they were doing lovely. They flowered, they were looking really great. And then as soon as that 40 degree weather started, they just burned to a frazzle. Yes. So I've been watering them, trying to keep them alive through all the heat and what have you. But two of them look like they're dying and their leaves were all mushy. Do you think I'm overwatering them?
2: Well, there's that possibility, but I'd also be looking for bugs, like mealybug, right down in the centre. So you'll need to investigate that, Caroline. You may even have to dig up the plants and check on the roots. And, And if they're really bad, I would even consider, well, either throwing them away or potting them, trimming up the roots, cutting back the foliage, treating them and waiting for them to come back before replanting. So what am I looking for on the roots? Are healthy roots if if they are mushy in the roots yes. or yes um, I the think mushiness, the mealy bugs or the overwatering well it could be either but look for mealy bugs anything white and powdery down in the center of the leaves or on yes. any of the green parts of the leaves and or yeah. in the roots you need oh, right. need mm-hmm. to investigate and see what you can find if you do find something, call us back and let us know.
3: All right, then. Lovely. Thank okay. you for that. Thanks, Thanks Caroline. Caroline. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And I
0: say the eggs have really taken a beating. This they year. have. They look absolutely mm. terrible out there. Okay, back shortly. Catching Radio. 25 minutes after eight, this is Let's Talk Gardening. As promised earlier in the program, we have Eva Ritchie online. Now, Eva is the Executive Officer of the WA Turf Industry. Good morning to you. Eva, how are you? Morning, Ray. Well, thank you. How are you, love? Yeah, good. Nothing... Well, I could complain, but I shall not... Everything is fine. I'm teasing. Yes, no, we're no, all good. We, can, we're, we're, we can we're, all have a
5: whinge. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <day.
0: Yes>. But <laughs> you've got to find someone to listen to, don't you? <laughs> that's, right, that's right. You've got to tap a few people on the shoulder before you can get the right person to listen. Exactly. So. Exactly. <laughs> nice. So yeah. thank you so much for what you've done for us over these past few weeks and the. Oh the prizes that you have uh, directly and indirectly supplied to the garden program that we've been able to pass on to our listeners. Yeah, it's wonderful. Thank you.
5: Look, I just hope that it brings some awareness of of the things that we need to do to keep our lawns and gardens going in this heat. I mean, we've had an extraordinary summer.
3: Mm -hmm. Um,
5: And, yeah, I just think it's, you know, why not share the information around and, and let people benefit from products that actually do work and, Hopefully highlight to others that hang on these are these are not bad ideas, and let's you know let's start utilizing modern technologies whether it 's in a you know within a product or um, as in a lay down product or um, with these smart irrigation controllers. They're amazing things. So. Well,
2: absolutely, Eva, because a lot of us... Hey, okay, sorry, I missed <laughs> No, that's... <laughs>
3: sorry,
5: love.
2: No yeah. worries. No, I was just thinking, you know, many of us either buy established homes where certain things are in place, we're all on a budget, and and some of what we've got is maybe outdated mm. and there's newer information out there. So if we can't do it now, we can still plan once we know what is out there, we can plan to be better and, and be more efficient. So
5: Absolutely. You know, I was thinking about it during the week, Faye. we With technologies like with iPhones and whatever that everybody's got, everybody wants to quickly upgrade these things. You know, they want to stay on top of the screen, if you like. Mm. But, but when it comes to our green, we're a bit, we're a bit vague and a little bit, um, I don't know, a little bit lackadaisical and we don't think that there's actually modern technologies out there. I, think, I was really thinking about that during the week. It's not something that people invest in per se, and we yeah. really need to encourage that, if mm, you like. And I agree. That's not, mm. Yeah, I think we need to invest in our nature, our urban nature, as well as, um, you know, I mean, the old screen versus green, isn't it? But it, it's a psychological thing. I don't think people realise that there's, there are these tools, that can be used and effectively. very Well,
2: exactly, Eva. Now, we did get a a phone call with someone wanting more information about what they thought was a fertiliser product. Now, these products, Viagra and Aquaforce, can you explain to our listeners exactly what they
5: are and how they work?
0: work. Mm -hmm.
5: Okay, so what happened, going back some time now, um, the Turf Growers Association members, pretty responsible group of blokes, I have to tell you. Um, they what happened is that they were looking at noting what wedding agents were on the market. Okay, and we did a bit of testing back in the, back in the day, and found out that a lot of the wedding agents back in the day had um, were mainly water and not much else. All right. Oh. So, yeah. So so what happened is that they thought, well, hang on, we need to actually we're in we, we've got to keep our our living product alive. We're selling it on to people to continue to grow. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's, it's no different to the nursery industry, I suppose. It's actually fairly unique sort of a circumstance. Anyway, long story short, and I won't bore you, they approached a a company called SST Australia and worked in conjunction. A couple of the growers worked really hard on this and worked in conjunction with them to develop a, a, a wedding agent that really penetrated and actually did wet out our and if I'm I hope you don't mind me saying crappy sandy grey soils, all right? Oh They're lucky Jill's not listening. Most, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well she could be. <laughs>
5: yeah, so the 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 really hydrophobic, you know, water repellent soils that we have, or sands that we have here in WA. Um anyway, long story short, Aquaforce was the, the um you know the outcome of that and of course biagra now, now biagra was very unique at its time because i i'm not going to say it was the first but i'm going to put my hand up and say it was among the first soil moisture retainers and uh, that means that you, when you put the Aquaforce down it wets the soil as you know to a certain element of the profile and that's not just for lawns, by the way. That's for your gardens and trees. Okay, That, that was a question all I, round.
0: I had, Eve. Yeah. Are the, both those products, can they be used on the garden too?
6: Everywhere,
5: okay. everywhere. Okay. Put them in your hanging
0: pots. Put them in your pots. Oh, great Whatever. news. Yeah.
5: All right, yeah. okay. So I do it with everything, everything. Um, anyway, so yeah, you put your the force down, wets the soil up um, beautifully, by the way, and then three to four days later you, you pop on the um, Viagra. Now, the biogro is a bit harder to get to get out. It's a much thicker liquid, and it is—it's a bit of a challenge getting it out of that bottle and out. Right, but once you get it going, um, and you get that spread, that then holds the moisture in the top, um, uh, you know, in the top profile where the plants need it. Okay, so depending on how wet the soil is, it'll hold it. Usually in about the top 15 hundred, uh, sorry, 15 centimeters. Right, so really the water doesn't go away, doesn't leach away. It, it is held where the plant needs it most. Mm. And when you see these two product, products used properly, you'll see that effect. You will see people have a lovely green um, lawn. They have healthy plants surrounding the lawn, that sort of thing. And the reason is, is that, that, that they, they've got a water profile that they're drawing from constantly. So um, it, we know that, you know, researchers told us that, that, in Perth, lawns and gardens need to be irrigated three days a week, all right? Mm. However, we've we've been compromised, you know, that's been compromised over the years um, and we have to work with this two days a week and I know that I, I can confidently quote to you that those two products, when they there. and I'm not here to sell the products, I'm just telling you, I'm selling the, the benefit of putting wetting agent and soil moisture down, do you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. um, they... When you use those, even with the two days a week and you're using them regularly and correctly, you should be able to hold the moisture in your soil profile um, and your gardens will sustain during these really hot periods. And not only that, I've often, I mean, I do it, um, I, I apply the products at the beginning of spring, all right, so as soon as we've got a sniff of that, it's gonna, you know, that things are gonna dry out with the winds, or yeah. there's a little bit of a heat change. Yeah. Again, at the beginning of summer, so because we know that we're gonna be, we're gonna be in for it. In for it, then big mid, time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and this time, this year, we really have been um, yes. then mid to late summer again, and then, funnily enough, it, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a thing that we've developed again, once again in the, um, in the association, is that we encourage people to also put it down. Mid to late autumn, so that our winter rains aren't wasted. Yes. Because I think Fay, I think you'll know this. Um, when you're on a property mm. and you've got lots of trees, okay, and you've got a lot of leaf litter. Yes. Particularly gum trees, okay, um, but any really, many many trees, bank shears, anything, right? Even in winter, our soil is hydrophobic. If we don't, if we don't put those sorts of agents down to help our sands. You're wasting that winter rain as well when you know when when you really could be keeping the soil completely wet twelve months of the mm. year so
2: so Eva, how do you apply it how do you make it work because I know with the granulator products that you get you have to stand there and hose them mm-hmm. until they bubble up yes and then you have to kind of make sure that they that's get right. in
5: there yes yeah, that's right so um Personally, not a great fan of the granulated products, certainly not the ones that you get off the shelf out in the big wide world. Um, so what you do is you attach it to your hose connection, both of them, um, and you just spray spray it over your area. So a bottle of Acraforce, I think, does 250 square metres. So the average home now, that should be a couple of applications. Um, I'm talking within, you know, um, a Perth metropolitan area. Okay. Mm. So, you, yeah, so that should be a couple of applications. So you just you you can feel the weight of the bottle changing, obviously. When you're yes. halfway, you know you've you've only got 125 square meters left to to cover, right? So it's a matter of just literally um, arcing you, you know, it's like arcing the arm and and spreading it around, right? So it's just gently watering your your lawn, not not too heavily, but it's just a you know, it's a as long as you're getting it out across that surface and your gardens all right doesn't matter if it hits the leaves don't okay. worry about that it won't burn that right. was going
2: to be my next question because i i have difficulty with hose on products on my mm-hmm. area and i wondered about the possibility of putting an inline fertigation system so you load it up you turn your sprinklers
5: yep. on and boom i have but one not yeah 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 yep. i've had one for uh, maybe 5 years Mm. Um, and in fact took it from the old property to this property believe it or not because it's such a good thing. So and that and we put our products through that they're wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah.
0: Fertigation unit. is great for properties, right?
5: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But even you know what there's small fertigation units that are available for metropolitan gardens mm. and they're only tiny little units. Yeah. Again really good because if you haven't got the time to stand there and I think that's, that's, I think an that's issue. a part of this deal, mm. you know, is that people don't have time, they're time poor. Um, unless they're stuck at home, you know, with with uh, an illness or something like that, which could be happening over the next coming weeks. But, mm. but realistically, we are very time poor. Um, you know, everybody's going mm. galloping at a thousand miles an hour, and those little fertigation units are amazing because you can actually then just pop the products through that, and it does the job for you. You don't have to worry about leaf burn in any way, shape, or form. I've never seen evidence of that. Fantastic.
2: Ever. All right. Well. Eva, another time we'll look more into fertigation systems. But today, I think uh, a lot of people might be struggling. They might have coped all the way with their green lawn and suddenly it's tipped over the edge. Um, What are the steps to bringing back a brown lawn?
5: Okay, so um, (laughs) before I say that, can I just go back to when you're applying those two products, make sure you apply them just before your irrigation day that's all i wanted to say okay so you can put it on the night before the evening before and if irrigation is coming on overnight that's perfect it's okay. a good idea to put it on on and get some irrigation on straight away over it okay. Yeah. All right. okay
2: thank you for that
5: all Right. so no no that's fine now um with regard to the um the lawns um Oh, bringing back a brown lawn. I beg your pardon. <laughs> so, what we uh, what, what we actually developed a little bit of a, um, a a process with for the water corporation to put up on their website, um, and I have to say it's been really good to have the water corporation engage with us like this because it's taken a little while to get to this point. So, bringing your brown lawn back to life, and I actually did this. I we we stayed with a neighbour. I'm not a neighbour, a friend for six weeks um, when we shifted house. And her lawn was basically, it wasn't dead, but it was certainly dying, right? Um, So anyway, long story short, I did the process over the six weeks that we stayed with her, Um, albeit I couldn't get the spring treatments in, but I certainly did the summer ones. So if your lawn is actually dying and you're worried about how bad it is and when you look across Perth at the moment, there are many, many, many actual dead lawns, which is, you know, and gardens, which is frightening, um, what you need to do first up, uh, straight up, straight away, is actually get that wedding agent down, okay? So the wedding agent that's soil moisture retainer is your first priority, number one, okay? Then there's a, a whole heap of processes that can work, um, and the wedding agent, even if you wanted to, you could do it once, in, you know, once at the beginning of the month, if you like, and again at the end of the month, just to give it the best opportunity. Okay. All right. Now the other thing that's a real problem again is, and, and we've talked about this many times, Fay, is that we have unhealthy lawns and gardens caused by poor soil conditions under the roots, right? Um, and that that's because there is no amendments, you know, uh, uh, installed at the time of, you know, installing lawns and gardens. Um, so there's not, you know, there's not a blend of sandy clay loam um, or organic matter. Um, you know blended into the soil prior to these gardens, starting quite a lot of the time and and that in itself is a big problem because you 've got pretty dead dead earth that 's got no mm. organics happening i mean if, it's, if it you can develop the organics itself, I suppose to a degree if you 've got a healthy um, living area and you 're mowing and you 're leaving grass clippings on you know, in, you know, every second cut or something like that um, you can you can develop some sort of organic obviously but I do think the dressing the actual soil is important so when I if it you know if I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this is me doing it okay okay so, yeah uh, yep. yeah so what I did for um, my friend Gail is that the first thing we did we put the aquaforce down right yep. straight after putting the aquaforce down I got um a bag of um turf start which is basically f- uh, pelletized chicken manure because she had nothing there was no guts in her sand at all so um, and I spread that, you know, fairly um, liberally. Liberally is the word <laughs> I want to use. Just to, and yes, okay, you got a bit of a smell for a little while, but we we spread that fairly liberally. Um, and as the irrigation was going on, obviously washing in the wetting agent, the the um, dynamic lifter or the turf start or the pelletized chicken manure rooster booster, whatever it is, right? Yep. Was 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 breaking down and going into the soil, and you have an immediate effect. From that, when you've wetted the soil and you've given it a little bit of nutrition in organic form, you see the little green sprouts just popping up very quickly, right? Um, <clears throat> so that was the first thing. Then of course we b- applied the Viagra a few days later and everything that was uneven, I, um, I got some um, uh, bags of quality clay-based yellow sands, right? now. Because of the, at the time, it was only bags that I could do. It was actually plaster of sand that I used. But if you want to, you can get spearwood or gingin' red sands. In or
2: Eva, would you? Could you just use the lawn blend?
5: Mm, some of the lawn blends. Now, when you when you talk on the lawn blends, I, what I will say is this: nothing with wood chips in it. Okay. okay. Nothing with wood yep. in it. All okay. right. For sure. If it's got even a sniff of wood in it, don't even put it on that lawn.
0: Okay.
5: Yeah. Yeah. So. We usually say 70%, you know, clay-based, 30% organics. So some of the big companies do have a, a really good blend. Mm. Um, I, not, I don't like to name drop, but I know that Rich Crow's got a perfect blend, all right? Okay. So um, I think, you know, common, you can buy them commonly through the the big stores, Baileys and, and that sort of thing. But I'm not here dropping names. I'm just – that's just, you know, just to give you a, an idea. Um, so that – that sort of blend, and you can actually do that. You fill your gaps and holes and because, I mean, as we know, when when our lawn deteriorates, right, you do get the furrows and the runs. You know, people cut their cars on it. The, if they do put a bit of water on it and they haven't, you know, addressed the hydrophobicity, the water runs in channels off across the surface, making a little channel, down to the nearest drain point and down the drain. You know what I mean? Like, people mm-hmm. are literally wasting water. So, um, yeah, so, so clay soils... Um, that, but they, they can be a, a great or well, superb growing media, as you know, right, And but and, um, can be, you know, can bacon and stuff like that. So we've got to be mm. careful how we do it. It's got to be 70, 30-ish, if you like, Okay. and so it that's, can be amended from the top.
2: So that's where to go in six weeks you'll have green lawn
5: just doing those three steps, things. Steps. Mm. Okay, but and then make sure you check your irrigation. That's the other thing. Make yeah. sure it's under a catch-up test check your irrigation and that you're getting your 10 mil of water down every time you're irrigating, Yeah. all right? Um, And that's an easy thing to do. You can either get catch cups, you know, from different suppliers or just get any straight-edged container, whether it's an ice cream container even, mark up the side to 10 mil, um, tins of tuna, you know, anything that's straight-edged, all right, that you can mark up, set them around the lawn, and and definitely put your irrigation on and and keep it on till you get to that 10 mil height. And then you know you're applying at least a a standard drink, all right? Um, Yeah, go from there. Then water early in the morning so that you're not wasting water before winds come up, that sort of thing. Um, Test your your grass, all right? So if you're treading firmly on the grass and it doesn't spring back, it needs a drink. So if you've missed an irrigation or... You know, you haven't quite got that weddings program right. You might need to top it up and, and, you know, hand water a couple of spots and stuff like that. Not keen on that because sometimes hand watering is not well done. Eva,
2: that that is more than enough to keep our listeners busy for this week. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to stop you there, sorry, but but yeah, really appreciate you stepping us all through this because I'm sure our listeners have learned a lot. Just listening to you now.
0: Thank you. Gosh, I hope so, Faye. I hope so. Yeah, no, thank you, love, and thank you for,
5: yeah, everything that you've done
0: for us oh, and right. our honestly, listeners.
5: Truly nothing, honestly, please. Right. And thank you, girls, for, for all your focus at the moment. Um, you welcome. No, we really appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Okay, thanks, Eva. Cheers. Off. Good. Cheers. Bye.
5: You, you too. Bye
0: for now. Bye. Radio. Thank you for your company this morning. I hope you enjoyed it. All that information that Eva just imparted upon us all, it was fabulous. And, I mean, I think Eva, we could have her in the studio one day and she could sort of certainly take questions. We'll do that in the future. Let's head straight out to the lines. We're in Morley. Leslie, good morning. Good morning.
2: Hi, Leslie. How can we help you today? I have a problem with my roses. Mm, I bet I know. dead. They're dead?
1: No, the buds come up, but they don't open and they look dead. And the leaves, the new leaves are sort of crinkly. Yes,
2: yes. Well, I can probably almost guarantee, Leslie, that your roses are showing signs of chilli thrips. And during the week I got an email from Margaret, who also might be listening, it It is a problem that can affect roses. We talked about this um, very much or in a great deal last year at this time. Chilli thrips love the heat and so they're particularly active. We, well, for those of us that looked at it last year have been monitoring roses since springtime, looking for signs and doing what we could. We've talked to experts about the problems, Ray, you and I, Talk this week about the chili thrips we
0: did Mm -hmm.
2: um so because we've had these really hot dry conditions it is perfect for these bugs to get
0: active perfect storm now
2: um in a nutshell i can talk you through what what i do in my garden um having an understanding the chili thrips breed very very quickly so they're a small sap sucking insect You can have signs on your leaf. It looks like a little crisscross pattern where the leaf dies and that is where it's left behind bluewoods that burn the leaves. Uh, The the new growth becomes distorted, Mm -hmm. spindly, and throws out tiny little leaves rather than full leaves and the flower buds do not develop properly and they can look burnt. And Mm. so initially when we saw this sort of evidence we thought cooked by the sun Um, but yes it's turned out to be something more than that so the ag department have also got involved and there are recommendations for things to do in your garden you probably know that I'm all about integrated pest management we have little birds that visit our rose garden and this week I I had a little striated pardalote flew in and flitted amongst the roses. And I'm thinking, yay, you know, you might be one of the predators of these these bugs in the garden. We also have blue wrens. There's praying mantises, uh, lacewing larvae. There are a lot of predators that can live in a garden. So I plant amongst my roses white allison, red salvias, marigolds. All of these things can help set up an environment where the good bugs will live. And one thing we know about the chili thrips, they don't like moisture. They prefer a hot, dry environment. So keeping the roses wet or not keeping them wet, but applying water at different times of the day. And Ray, you were saying that You've had quite some success. I have, yeah. So w-
0: what have you done? Well, I uh, certainly because of the heat, uh, I, I would suggest in addition to anything else you might be doing is just adding water over and under the leaves. And I'm not I'm not talking about a quick spray. Mm. You really need to... Uh, Give it a drench? Yeah, drench yeah. with yeah. water. So over
2: and under least, the leaves. At
0: least once a day. Yeah. yeah. So if,
2: if you do that... And it's- I'm
0: finding I'm getting good results from just that.
2: So that's it. you've changed the yeah. environment from mm. a hot, dry environment to a moist environment yeah, so that is also going to help break their cycle. Mm. And you know this is a wonderful thing that we can do. Water is not your worst enemy here no this this is your friend and if you can break that cycle, you can help your roses mm. and you know you might see evidence of perfect circles on your leaves now that that's signs that the native leafcutter bee is coming cutting holes to make its home so this is another reason i don't turn to chemicals in my Mm. rose garden Mm. because it's habitat Mm. so is that enough information for you leslie i
1: think so i just soak the roses at least once a day with water i i would
2: say a couple of times a day myself See, okay. on the really hot days, I yeah. might go out and spritz my old yeah. man's beard yeah. and some of my hanging baskets mm. and I will just mist my rose garden. Yeah. Mm. And, okay. and so doing these things Change can help. Change the environment. And also mm. blue sticky traps are something that thrips are attracted to. So, you know, another um, another tool to help fight them.
1: Thank you very much indeed.
0: Your most Report welcome. back, Leslie. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Cheers, love. Bye. Okay. Short break. When we return, we are chatting with Doreen. Catin Radio. You're with Ray and Faye. This is Let's Talk Gardening. And so we are in Waikiki. Doreen, thanks for waiting. Morning, Doreen.
3: Hi. Good morning. I'm, my query is um, zygo orchids and like to know when is the best time to divide and repot uh
2: now i know that there's a zygopetalum orchid but there are zygocactus so are these no, no, not cactus no okay so zygopetalum uh has I...
3: got like five them um, spiky petals and a pansy looking face. Okay, with purple and white and Yes, very highly perfumed. Yes,
2: yes I know exactly what you mean Now when do they normally flower for you Doreen?
3: Well they've been and gone obviously and I forgot to say um, work out when they flowered but it was way before Christmas
2: Okay, I, I'm just wondering, I haven't had one of these for a long time. Uh, I'm going to find out more about this unless Ray's got an answer for me. Um, normally you would do them straight after flowering. Mm. So if, uh, what? tell me about the, the pot at the moment. What are they doing right now?
3: Oh, so it's in a quite um, large pot and some of them have double-decked. Right, so is it pushing out of the pot? Yes, they've pushed out of the pot and they're growing on top of one other sort of thing.
2: Okay, so it does sound like it's the time to do it. I know with a lot of orchids you have a decision about do you just pot it on to the next size pot, which is just one size bigger, Or do you divide? And you would do that after flowering. Sometimes they can sulk and so you might lose flowers for that year. Um, I'm going to get John to look into this further. He's sitting out there and if I don't give him something to do, he'll be quite bored, Doreen. So I'm going to throw to him and, and get a bit more information for
0: you. It's actually all I'm just having a quick look here. It's just saying that um, repotting should be done when new growth is showing.
2: Okay. Have you got signs of new growth? Um, not really,
0: and not I've, yet. And either in spring or autumn. Spring
2: or autumn. Mm-hmm. So, mm, so in that case, and often it's not a good idea to do when do anything when things are forty degrees. Uh,
3: well. So No impunctions of doing it next week anyway.
2: No, okay. So probably wait till autumn, I suspect. Now, uh, we actually will go into a bit more information about this in the next couple of weeks because February is the time when people put their Phalaenopsis orchids outside to trigger flowering. So it's these cool nights, like I was saying to you, Ray, the nights are cooler. Right. I know you don't believe me. I don't believe you. So if you've got Phalaenopsis, the moth Mm. orchids, put them outside, put them in a shady position, but it's the nighttime temperatures that will trigger their flowering. So you leave them out for a few weeks and hopefully you'll get more flowers. So anyway, Doreen, autumn. 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 Autumn okay. for repotting, yeah. Because yeah, they're a pretty tough plant too. Mm. Orchids are, are mm. tough plants.
3: Okay. Oh, these have been beautiful. Oh, that's
2: <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that they're um, a, a particularly common one, but I know I did have one until a rabbit ate it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the joys of living in the country. Yeah, exactly. All right, thanks for your call, Doreen. Would you like some bulbs when I split, split them? I would love some bulbs, please, Doreen. Should see
0: face face then her <laughs> jaw just dropped. Doreen, yeah.
3: <laughs> many many thanks for your time. Oh, You're yours. welcome.
0: Thank you, love. Cheers. Right. Bye.
3: Okay. okay, nine four eight
0: four one nine two seven. We've got a few emails. I think leading into the nine o'clock news. Can we do well, one at least? We can. But
2: what I was going to say mm-hmm. on the topic of Zygo, but actually cactus. You know, I was pottering around in my shade house uh, this week, oh, shuffling plants, right? The sun's coming in at different angles, so I have to move things. One shade house is quite shady. Another one gets a bit of sun, Mm. so my gingers are going nuts. Yes, mine
0: too. And I'm
2: thinking, well, they need a bit more light, and then I put all my begonias together, and I found the zygote cactus buried down the back, and they're putting on new growth, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness – these ugly-looking plants are going to be flowering soon, so maybe it's time to take some cuttings, give them a bit more love, put them into some nice mix. Like any plant, doesn't matter how ugly it's looking, you give it a cut back, repot it, give it a feed, and it will reward you. Mm. So look at your zygo cactus this week, mm-hmm. folks. Uh, your clivea's. Maybe they need repotting. And you know what? One thing that sticks in my mind when I look at my Clive is, is Margaret saying, I remember she specially rang and she said, people say they like to be pot bound, but actually they don't. And some of the best plants I've seen have been in big pots Hmm. and the blooms, like multiple plants, multiple blooms, really healthy. And my friend Beth would say, the bigger the pot, the bigger the plant mm. and that rings mm. true so don 't don 't let your plants be hungry, give them what they need, and
0: they will reward you. love it, thank you it 's nine o 'clock twenty one point five degrees at the moment we are heading for a maximum today of twenty nine It will be partly cloudy, and tomorrow it will be sunny with a maximum of thirty four And on Monday, mostly sunny with a maximum of 35 and the temperature is creeping up a little bit as the week progresses. Okay. That's all I want to say about the weather.
2: (laughs) Very good. Now, during the break, John has brought us in an email from Margie and she says, Hi, phone Ray, please tell me why this beauty has decided to go dark green instead of variegated. And the plant in question is Ajuga princess nadia. Ah oh, yes, and this oh we we just had a very intense conversation just now, oh, Margie. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> very very interesting. Plants that are growing in low light mm. will not have a lot of variegation compared to plants that are in bright light. So, if well, one of the best examples I can think of is bromeliads. They are generally an understory plant. However, there are many that will grow in absolute full sun, 100% full sun, mm. and cope very well that way. But you put them into bright light, or you can have them in a shade class, shade house, not getting much light, and they'll be very green. You bring them out, you give them more light, and you will get stripes and colour. spots mm. and colour like you wouldn't mm. believe. All their var- variegation will come out. Mm. So... More, more sunlight, I think. Sometimes also, if you give them too much nitrogen, they will have a lot of leafy growth and, and bromeliads don't need a lot of food or nutrition. Mm. They, it can actually change their or make them greener, I mm. believe. Mm. Mm.
0: Mm. Now, Ray, we had a little bit of rain during the week, didn't we? A dash, it was about last Sunday. Going back, you know, that's stretching me a bit to go back to Sunday of last week. A little bit,
2: yeah. But well, it was late Sunday because we were yeah, at the Fern right. Society. I think meeting. it depended
0: which suburb you were in. Oh,
2: well, and Saturday, 40 something degrees, and of course it was the members' event for the open gardens, and Mm. it was in April's lovely garden. So, Mm. as I said last week, perfect venue for such a hot day. We sat under trees, Mm. and the temperature under the trees was 10 degrees less on lawn than out in the open. 10 degrees. 10 degrees is huge, Mm. huge, yeah. Take that, all you non-lawn lovers. (laughs) Cop that, okay. Um, Now, with the bit of rain, we've also started to see fungi popping up, yes. which is quite timely. This week in the mail, I received the latest edition of the Our Gardens magazine, which is organised by Garden Clubs of Australia. And there's a little article in there called Fascinated by Fungi and Friends, and it's written by Faye Caro. <laughs> and so and,
0: how do people access this? Well,
2: I suspect... Uh, you can contact Garden Clubs of Australia. I will actually put a link, if I haven't already, on the Let's Talk Gardening Facebook page because that's possibly one of the easiest places to access it. Uh, but with with the rains, it kicks off a whole lot of things. Bulbs have started to get active. Mm. The autumn flowering mm. ones. Mm. Uh, you might see weeds that you haven't seen since last year. I've noticed that. <laughs> uh, and and fungi. Mushrooms are popping up in lawns. Mm, and, mm. you know, gosh, they're so misunderstood. They are, aren't they? Fungi, I've been what, when, reading Facebook. Yeah. Posting. When we see mm. a mushroom, it is the flowering or fruiting body. Underneath, there's mycelium or fungal threads which stretch and go forever. And we have all sorts of fungi. We've got decomposers, we've got mycorrhizal, and we've got uh, parasitic fungi. So they all perform different roles. I'm going to leave it there. We will continue that discussion later. But I, oh, we haven't quite got Lynn. We haven't got Lynn
0: as yet. So you know what? I am going to give away a couple of products. Now, we just had... Eva Ritchie on air with us from the Turf Growers Association. And she went into a lot of depth to explain two fabulous products by Agra and Aquaforce. They're valued at $75. If you would like to win these products this week, you must be a Curtain FM member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Now, if you want to win this product, also it needs to be collected. Obviously, you would have to collect these uh, these bottles. And the collection point this week will be in Wattle Up. OK, so if you're not prepared to go to Wattle Up, please don't <laughs> ring in. Uh, and you would be collecting uh, your combo pack of Aquaforce by Agra from Better Turf in Wattle Up. OK, so I must stipulate that here is your curly question for the best looking lawn and garden in your hood. The question is grey water can be used on your garden. Where should you not use it? Grey water can be used on your garden. Where should you not use it? Must be a Curtin FM member, not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Give Bev a call, 94841927. Carry on. You look very busy there, Faye. <laughs> well, I've got lots of pieces of paper
2: here, right? Me too. Always lots to talk about. Oh, what I did want to say after our conversation with Eva, uh, the topic today was... Bring Your Brown Lawn Back to Life. And there is a blog post under that name on the Turf Growers Association of WA. Mm. So if you type in Bring Your Brown Lawn Back to Life. It'll take you. It will. Now, I I did make some just short notes. Yeah, I saw Uh, you. Well, this is about identifying your problem. Okay so the first thing you do is you check your reticulation. Mm. It could be blocked with dirt mm. or well if you've got brown patches in your and, lawn and, or not
0: functioning you, well. Well your sprinklers
2: yes. could be blocked. Yeah. So you've got to clean them out. Mm. Um take off all the heads and yeah. and give them a good cleaner. It can also be blocked by plants that have grown. So you may have to do some pruning. That happens a lot
0: too. Exactly.
2: Yes. And then another thing that can happen with the easterly winds, if your irrigation is set for a certain time and it's extraordinarily windy, that water may have been blown away. Mm. So that's when we come to the next step, which is, as Eva said, checking how much water is being delivered. Mm. Put out bowls and measure how much water each area is getting and make sure it's getting there. So your soil might be... Hydrophobic, so you can apply your wetting agents and soil mo- moisture products, but also compaction. So getting getting everything down there, or putting goodness back into the soil, aerate your lawn, and even out those dibbits dibbits with a top dress mix, mm. and then of course mowing and fertilizing. It's a good idea not to mow your lawn short on a forty degree
0: day you were saying your lawn got sculpted your lawn got sculpted yeah Mm. 40 degree day no too hot my my lawn contractor is brilliant where he'll say it's just too hot today ray i'm not coming you Mm. know he actually thinks for me thank goodness but a lot of the times if you've got a regular lawnmower man they're coming at a certain day at a certain week and Mm. they just do it regardless and then you're left with the aftermath
2: well in some of the suburbs where the homes are close together i have seen oh yeah you know the lawns; they the soil is hard yeah. and it's low, and with mm. the, with the week we had leading up mm. to last Saturday, mm. you know they really did suffer. So, mm. like Eva is saying, reapplying those products and aerating to get the the goodness down there gives them a chance. Mm. So, other than that, you know, insect and fungal problems may be an issue, mm. and but it's not the first issue. Just because you see a brown patch, please don't think, oh, it's black beetle. If you haven't seen black beetle, um, it may not be that. There are um, army worm or caterpillars that can do the damage. Yeah. Late in the day, go out there, put a bit of water on and have a look if there's anything flying out because mm. the moths, small moths can do a lot of damage. But don't go reaching for the treatments, just because you've got a brown patch. Check all
0: those other things first. First, yeah. Okay, well said. Now, we've got a winner, uh, Laureen from Gooseberry Hill. Thank you for playing with us, Laureen. We will be in contact with you as how you can go and collect your goodies, which is... Uh, a combination pack of uh, top-shelf product, as you've already heard through Eva, by Agra and Aquaforce. So well done. Now, the question was, grey water can be used on your garden. Where should you not use it? Answer is on your vegetable garden or, of course, anything edible for that matter. Don't put grey water on it. So well done. And congratulations. 94841927 is our number. We do have free lines now and we do have another giveaway. I will wait a little while uh, from Bigger Trees. And we are going to be giving away yet another irrigation controller, Wi-Fi irrigation controller. I think we'll talk about that more next week. But that has been donated to us from Rainbird Australia. And this one is also just uh, an amazing amazing. We shan't call it a gadget, I was about to say, but a Wi-Fi irrigation controller. It's just uh, a, a, another smart controller. All the controllers have their own different little angles and benefits. And uh, this one we'll talk about more next week. And this has uh, been donated to us from Rain Bird Australia. Valued at more than $800. So t- stay tuned at how you might like to win that one. And what would you like to say, Bea Well, we've got Lynn. Oh, she's she's arrived. <laughs> Excellent news. Okay, so, and very timely too. We are talking to Lynn Chambers from Tulips with a Difference, and it is time to think bulbs, isn't it? Yeah. Lynn, good morning. Oh, good morning. How are you going?
2: Hi, good. good. Oh, we had quite a chat the other day, and I must say, um, I'm very inspired, and I went and retrieved my trusty bulb planter from the back shed.
7: Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah, they're a great tool.
2: Oh, well, Lynn, you said how many bulbs can be planted with one of these in five minutes?
7: Oh, um, hundreds. (laughs) We we plant – that's what we use to plant all our bulbs with, so you can get through – Lots, at least 200 in five minutes.
1: Good grief. Um,
7: Yeah, you just prepare your soil. The soil has to be moist and you lay your bulbs out where you want them to be planted and then it's just a matter of picking the bulb up and pushing the planter into the soil it takes out a plug of dirt. You just drop your bulb in. Um, um, The depth that you've pushed it in is the depth that you require the bulb to be at. Mm -hmm. And... um, Drop the bulb in with the pointy end up, and press the button on the side of the planter, and it drops the soil back on top.
0: My so word! Right,
7: right depth and right place.
0: Well, Faye's demonstrating her gadget <laughs> to me as as you're speaking. It's like got teeth on it and everything. It's a it's yeah,
7: a, yeah. It's
6: really easy to use.
0: <laughs> it's, this is so old. I, no, I see, I wonder if there's something more modern out in the marketplace, Faye Caro. No, that That's no. they don't need to be. Okay. It's an oldie, but I know you like old things. That's all. Like we're talking old, old things. Antiquotan no, They things. haven't upgraded it. Okay, no need. Obviously, that's Fantastic. right.
7: No, no, and uh, you can use it for seedlings too. So it's real. It's very versatile.
0: I have to invest.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Lynne, you know, when I was talking to the to you the other day, I realised just how valuable bulbs are. As gardeners, there is nothing nicer than wandering around the garden and seeing a surprise or that signal of change of seasons where something's shooting or something's flowering. And, of course, bulbs are one of those things that are, they just thrive on neglect,
7: don't they? They do. Um, majority of the bulbs you can leave in long, long term, um, the only ones that really need to be lifted, lifted are your tulips and your hyacinths if you don't get cold winters. Um, the rest can stay in the ground until they get too crowded um, and that's when they need to be lifted and divided. Um, but, yes, they are such a wonderful thing to have in your garden because you don't have to do much with them. and Just throw them a bit of fertiliser when you see them start to move and um, away they'll go. Yeah.
2: So what are some of the... The summer flowering bulbs. People might not even think of these as bulbs, but what yeah. what's out
7: now? Um, you've got all your liliums. So you've got your targa lilies, your oriental in your oriental trumpet, which are your highly fragrant ones. Um, ones that are a bit earlier are your longifolium, which is the Christmas lily that comes out in November. Um You've got your Asiatics and L.A.s that follow those. Yes. Um, and then you've got all your Gladys. You've got your Dahlias that are in bloom now. They'll flower for at least three months. Um, the more you pick your Dahlias, the more flowers will come. So um, they're really good value. Um, yeah, there's lots, lots of variety.
2: And Alstroemerias, Cannas, callas
7: Yep, yep. They- Oxmarias are an all-rounder. They'll fly off for at least nine months of the year. Wow. Um, You can, um, if you haven't got water and they're established, you can um, leave off watering and they'll go dormant. And then with the first rains, they'll shoot away again. Um, I've had... um, Um, some along the edge of a path which I don't water in in summertime and they've been there for over 30 years.
1: Wow. And that's
7: what they do do every year. They formed a clump about a metre round. I've got a number of them down the side of the path Um, and they're in full bloom through spring. But um, when the hot weather comes, we um, economise on our water um, for the bulb garden, so I just let that go dormant. And, um, yeah, they're great.
2: And that is what we're all going to have to think about a little bit more, how, how we can manage with a little bit less water and mm. do things better. So autumn's only about two and a half weeks away, Lynn. but yes. what what bulbs uh, could we have flowering in autumn?
7: Well, you've got all your Noreen, your which are also called um, Easter lilies or Naked Ladies is another name for them. Yeah, love um, them. Mo- mm. Most bulbs. Most bulbs have at least two names. You've got the botanical name and then you've got a common name for them. Um, so, And some of those common names vary too. You can have multiple names for the same variety. Um, but yes, Noreen's, um, belladonna's, um, mm. um, uh, rain lilies. Rain lilies are wonderful. They're like a crocus. Um, You can um, pop those in very hardy and they have a crocus-like flower white with a golden centre and they'll pop up with the first rains and they keep pushing flowers out. Um, So they're excellent as well. Um, You've got autumn snowflakes. So like your spring flowering snowflake. I love what we call the snowdrop. Yeah,
8: snowdrop,
7: yeah. Yeah, snowdrop is what we call them here but they're um, their real name is Snowflake. Um the autumn one flowers, it's got the bell at the same, but the foliage is different. It's um a um a finer foliage, um, in rustic tones. Um, but they're very hardy as well. And it gives you that touch of colour in the season, you know, especially with the hot weather we've had this summer. Um, most gardens have had um been impacted by that. So to have something fresh and lovely coming autumn yeah, is just yeah, wonderful. It, yeah, we need it. Now
2: there's much more I want to talk to you about, Lynn. Would you mind holding on a few moments?
7: Yeah, sure. All right, yeah, we're
0: just great. going to go to a quick break. Stay with us. Radio. And we're back and we are chatting with Lynn Chambers. Are you there, Lynn? Yes. I am. Okay, thank you for waiting. Uh, we have so much more we wanted to speak to you about, so we just had to go to a quick break to... Uh, to free up. Our time. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: now, when we were speaking the other day, we were talking about how COVID has affected things and um, I asked if you were coming up to the Garden Festival this year and you sort of talked about the changes. So can you tell us a bit about
7: what's what's happened there? Um, we, we really loved attending the Garden Festival but because of staffing, we just can't do it um um, because most of our staff that we used at Garden Festival are either got too old or have gone into new, new jobs. Um, the same with um, down here on the farm. Um, we've got half the staff that we used to have. Um, so what we're offering instead this year is that we're going to do a delivery run to Perth for people that have supported us in the past um, at Garden um, the Garden Festival so that they can get their bulbs without having to pay for the postage. So um, that's just a service we decided we'd do this year well, to help people out. Uh,
2: and I know that with, with the change of date, that affects everything because obviously you had accommodation that was booked and, mm. and everyone has a calendar. Uh, so just changing a date wasn't easy. How did COVID affect your business and how has that changed, Lynn?
7: <laughs> um everybody stayed home and gardened, which has just been <laughs> wonderful for us. <laughs> um we've we've got a whole new generation that have got excited about gardening as well. So oh, um, our bulb sales have gone through the roof, wow. which has just been wonderful. Isn't
0: it amazing? And it's
7: it's so wonderful to see new gardeners get excited about um growing things.
0: Oh And demographically are they younger, older or across the board? The new gardeners? Across the board.
3: Yeah, yeah,
7: across the board, um, people that are staying home more are looking for things to fill their time, um, and enjoy seeing colour and and new things, trying new things out. So um, we're happy to help them to achieve those those goals. Um, it's yeah, it's just great. We've had lots of emails back from people who have been first timers. Um, in Uh, growing bulbs with wonderful success and, um, you know, are ready to go again.
0: My favourite bulb is the hippie astrum.
7: Yeah. Ah, Um, yes. Do you you stock those? (laughs) We do, yes. Yeah, Yeah, we have a big range of those. Um, They're... um, they're quite versatile. Mm. You can grow them in pots or the ground. Yes, um, but they do prefer a shady spot. Um, our hot hot summers just don't. They don't appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. But you can get flowers in the spring and also the autumn. If yeah, the bulb is,
0: yeah. I've um, had flowers just wherever. recently. Would you believe just spot flowering? Yeah. Poor thing. Yeah. But are we actually uh, one of our listeners has phoned in and she said you mentioned uh, one of the bulbs that you can leave in the ground is tulips, and she missed the other name. We can leave tulips in the
7: ground and other. No, no, you need to lift those. Lift the tulip and, and the hyacinth. And the hyacinth, yeah. They have to be the, lifted. The tulips that you, yeah, the tulips you can leave in the ground are the species tulips. They're um, different kind of bulb to the tulip that we know. Mm. The species are more like the original that came out of turkey. They're a smaller bulb um, but they're very hardy so you can leave those in the, in the garden and they'll just come each year. They don't need the mm. chill factor. Mm. Um, Hyacinths and um, our normal tulip um, do need a chill factor to get them to flower on long stems. They'll still flower regardless but they, because our winters are short here um, mm. compared to the Northern Hemisphere, um, as soon as the weather starts to change, they'll push into flower and you'll end up with short stems. Yeah. The flower size is still the same, but just short stems. So it mm. comes back to what kind of a look you want. Mm.
8: Um,
3: if
7: you want. If you want to pick them, to bring them inside, it's best to chill them. And You do that by just putting them in the crisper of your fridge for six to eight weeks yeah. before you plant them.
2: And then so you Inhythms mentioned... The the same. You mentioned the planting depth was very important.
7: Yes, because um, bulbs can get cooked in the heat of the summer, um, it's really important to plant them at the recommended depth. So with um, most of the large bulbs, ones like daffodils, tulips, um, dutch iris, all of those you plant them at 10 to 15 centimetres and that's why a bulb planter is really handy because it has the um, depth gauge on the side of it so you can push the planter into the depth you require um, if you plant them too shallow um, when you get the heat of the summer on them it can dry the bulbs out and you won't have them anymore mm. yeah,
2: Good to sure. know, very good to know Well thank you um, Oh, I did on my running sheet here, I've I've written, fundraisers and gardeners take up the challenge as suppliers sell out early. COVID does have an upside.
7: Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, last year we wouldn't have been able to handle Garden Week because of the fundraisers. and um, We had a huge amount of groups that were catching up and fundraising with us. So they all came in at the time when Garden Week was on. So, um, yeah, so if you're interested in getting involved, I would recommend to go early. Um, because of the demand. Mm. And that's across Australia. Um, wow. um, I was talking to one wow. of the commercial growers over, and he used to um, pack and, and grow in the hundreds of thousands. Um, but he's up to the millions now um, trying to get them out. So there's going to be a, a nationwide shortage of, um, of certain bulbs because of the demand.
0: Gosh, it's like everything at the moment, isn't it? It's just amazing. We would never have thought this (laughs) a few years ago, would we? But, hey, there's got to be winners in in all of this. Well, Um, we don't know what we've got till it's gone, do we? We certainly don't. So, no, if people would like to explore uh, tulips with a difference, your website is just wabulbs.com.
7: Right, yes. And if anyone's got questions, they're more than welcome to ring us at any time, even if you haven't bought the bulbs from us. We just just like to see people talk to people have success. Very and,
0: obliging. Yeah. No, thank you very much. And it's been very insightful speaking with you this morning, Lynn. Thank you so much.
7: You're
1: welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. Pleasure. Take,
0: Thanks for your time, Lynn. Take care. Thank you.
1: Okay. Bye. Cheers
0: for now. And let's head straight to Henley Brook. We are chatting with Diane. Good morning.
8: Good morning. Um, Thanks for taking the call. You're welcome. I've got an indoor golden cane palm. Well, it's indoors for me anyway. Okay. And it's by a window, but it's all hanging down. It is putting on new growth, but it's just hanging down.
2: Oh, Diane, have you heard the term, there is no such thing as an indoor plant? (laughs) I have, yes, and I've
8: obviously got one that isn't, yeah.
2: (laughs) Well what i would recommend is having two plants and giving them
8: a spell outside so right putting i've got one in the other corner same time planted put in there and it's doing really well but this one's by the door by the window and it doesn't like it Hmm.
2: so well i, Take I it outside you say yes they well but also check the roots i mean at the at, any time of the year, but particularly now, I'm doing a lot of shuffling. The sun is moving, so yeah. So think about: has the sun changed? Is it coming through the window, or it is, yeah. has the sun moved away from the window and it's not getting enough light?
8: They love no, the air flow. The house that gets the light, so it's getting right. plenty of light, but it obviously doesn't like it. So well, you suggest take it outside. Well. They
2: would like a spell outside, but also check the roots. Uh, if the foliage is hanging down, I wonder if it's too wet, if it's rotting in the soil in the pot. Oh. So you have to consider, is it time to give it a pot upgrade and some fresh potting mix? Uh, is it sitting it in a source? It's about sauc- a year.
8: So That's quite I a should. long time. Mm. Okay. I'll so take it-, it outside in the shade and
2: for mm-hmm. the best.
8: But... But maybe you
2: might have to pot it onto a bigger size pot too.
8: Okay, and well, I'll give that some thought as well. Thanks. And also, I've got a red leaf poinsettia, a tiny one, and the new growth is coming through green. I took that off, thinking, you know, it will turn the new growth again will turn red, and it hasn't. It's coming back green again.
2: Okay, well, that is quite normal. That's what those oh. plants do. In order for them to colour up, and it's not actually the leaves, it's the bracts that become red. So it's, it's actually about the flower. They actually chill them and change the daylight hours to encourage the red as we oh. know them for Christmas. So right. you, you can't do much about that. And what you will find uh, if you keep growing it is it will probably go red in wintertime.
8: Oh, okay. Well that's okay. I'll get a change of colour each season. Hmm. That's fine. Thanks very much for your help.
0: You're welcome. Thanks, Diane. Thank you. Cheers for Bye. that. Bye. All right. Okay. Nine four eight four one nine two seven. Free lines. Uh shortly I'll give away our bigotry voucher, also worth seventy five thousand dollars. <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? $75,000 just rolled off my tongue. Try $75, yes. Carrie. You know what? Yeah, exactly. She just had a heart attack. <laughs> we all did. Yeah, $75. Well, so.
2: that's got everyone's attention, hasn't it, we It certainly right?
0: has. We've got, it's just rolled off. I, I'm so used to talking about it. It just <clears throat> came out. My apologies. Carry on. <laughs> well, where I'll do I go after you. that? Uh, yeah, you could buy a lot of plants for 75 grand, couldn't you? Wouldn't that it be good? Be nice. I'm still thinking about my bulbs, Ray. I put in
2: an order this week, so I'm thinking... What did base- you buy? Well, based on the fact that I, I can plant with my trusty planter here, 200 mm. bulbs in five minutes, my 91 should be able to get planted in about two
0: and a half minutes. I'm going to have to get you to demonstrate that to me when we get off air out in the garden (gasps) how that works. I'll take you outside. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) because I I can remember once hand-planting selvias. What were they called? Something Victoria. Um, Queen Victoria? Yeah, something like that. And uh, 364 I planted one day. Mm -hmm. Wow. I know, seedlings. And uh, I did it all by hand. And I remember I was lying on the portico at the front of the house and the dog was over the top of me and I'm saying, help mummy, help mummy. Because I, I did, I planted 364 seedlings in oh, wow. one go, individually. And wow. boy, did I get a show. Oh, yeah. I bet. I nearly killed myself in the process. So oh. I'd be very interested in your mm, in your gadget. My trusty planter.
2: And also I have a dibber. Dibber or a dibbler? Yeah. And that's a cone-shaped To make thing. a hole. and And that's really good for getting... Control
0: release fertilizer down to the roots of roses too. Yeah. Mm. And, of course, Valentine's Day on Monday. Mm. Do you think many people in our demographic of our listeners, including ourselves, do Valentine's Ooh. Day?
2: Yes, I think so. Mm. Yes. I think Eddie might get some bulbs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, I'm but thinking I... hippie bulbs. <laughs> oh, yes. Red. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? I I do love a red hippie. Oh, oh my goodness, a red hippie, Astrum, absolutely. <laughs> all right, we're in lead of all. Let's go to Anita. Good morning.
3: Oh, hello. Um, just a quick one. Um, uh oh,
9: good morning. By the way, Sorry. morning, Sorry. morning. Thanks. Um, I've got a verge side uh, paperback tree. So it is a council tree, but um, just the other uh, a few days ago, a huge branch just like fell. Um, onto the ground, and I noticed that, like, where it
3: fell away, it was like sort of um, I, I don't know if it's white ants or anything, it's like mushy and black. Okay. So okay. What mm. should I notify? Like, do they have to treat the tree, or like, what happens there?
2: Mm. Uh, I would probably contact the council. So, you're in Leederville. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I've contacted them to pick up the branch, but maybe
9: they actually have to spray something or do something with the tree. Well, they They they, cut it right down.
2: If it is damaged or diseased, Mm. uh, the risk of more branches falling could be an issue. Uh, yeah. Oh, I can think of a few uses for a branch of a paperbark, though, because you can actually hang or tie bromeliads onto them and hang them up in old man's beard. So they can be very decorative. Yeah, it decorative. is quite beautiful. Mm. Yeah. or or even laying on the garden. Now, I know ants will nest in the trunks of them. I've seen that yeah. on paperbarks I've got, yeah, and that's just, just that is just habitat. But if it's
0: white ants, that's different.
2: White white ants are different again, and depending on well, yes, it'd be yeah, best I'm to get. I'm
3: not sure what it is, in, you know, it's exactly, but you can see something. But like when it first broke off, the part that broke off was like black and and mushy, and there's sort of like white things throughout the branch that's fallen.
2: And sometimes, because I've seen this in our paper bags, when you strip away some of the paper, which are also good for lining hang baskets, and black no. ants that are in there might also move around white eggs. So, mm-hmm.
3: um, yep. so thanks. I might just mention it to the council, just to save the tree, perhaps, so it doesn't keep happening.
2: Well, I would email them, and I would send yeah. them a photo. That way, there is a, a record, and yeah. Um, yeah. It's much better than a phone call.
9: Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, thanks very
2: much. You're welcome, Anita. Good luck with your tree. Thank you. Bye. Cheers for
3: that.
0: And I was talking to a neighbour the other day and behind us we've got um, property that belongs to, I think it's called the River Trust, or they, yes. they take care of it. Now, some of those... Um, Paper bark trees had white ant in them, and mm. they did, council did come in and remove them because they had white ants in their home, and they, and the pest people traced it to those trees. Yeah. Well,
2: white ants will live in natural bush. Of course, bush they're there. And they're there. they will mm. live or mm. they will set up home in, in dead wood. Mm. So,
0: yeah.
2: I don't. No, Well, I don't know why a home a bit further away, like you take away the tree Mm. and the nest Mm. and then white ants are going to be looking for a home elsewhere. Mm. So I think the connectivity might be important,
1: Mm.
2: Uh, not having dead wood near your house, not having timber Mm. laying on the ground. Mm. Mm. Um, It's quite an interesting subject because... White ants and, and black ants are all natural and understanding where they would live. I mean, obviously, with our place, we have white ants living in the bush. is not much of a problem because that's what they do. They break down dead wood mm. and they create mud nests. And that, in turn, provides uh, mud that wasps use. It's mm. quite fascinating, the whole role of yeah,
0: as long as they don't migrate species. into your home, that's mm. you know. That's, but that's, that's up a to us to keep story. our environment clean, mm. wood off the floor, etc. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, we do have to have a short break. When we return, we are chatting with Sandy and Sue. Curtain Radio. Approximately fifteen minutes left of Let's Talk Gardening this morning till ten a.m. and then. Jim Crinan with the classic 70s will take over the reins. Straight out to Serpentine we are. Sandy, thanks for waiting.
9: Oh, good morning. Morning. Um, This has got a really impressive looking veggie garden. When you walk up to it, you go, wow, isn't that great? But it's not producing a lot of fruit on, you know, tomatoes, zucchinis, beans, pumpkins, cucumbers, like pumpkin bush, which looks fantastic, one pumpkin. Um, What's causing it because it seems to be across the board for nearly everything. Nothing nothing is producing particularly well.
2: I think you will find it's very temperature related Sandy and I think 40 degree, de- if you've got a fantastic looking veggie patch, kudos to you because you, you might be one of the few at the present moment. Mm. Uh, we've had three bouts of 40 degree temperatures and yep. so plant, you know, it's... The, it's they're surviving they're not in the best position to fruit because they don't think they can support it now with some milder temperature you might get more of the female flowers so you may get some more fruit development but it it will be late just keep them growing well and other other than that it's the weather
9: so it's not too much um nitrogen in the soil
2: well it it could well I, I be.
0: Did, I did wonder about that when you were talking.
2: That yeah. is another factor. Mm. What is your produce growing in, and what have you been feeding it?
9: Well, we have put sheep manure. We've put, um, and I've put, yeah, you know, bought minerals and that sort of stuff. Um, I've given it a dose of um, not sea salt. Um, sorry, can't think. Just okay. stop thinking. <laughs> All
2: right. So to to kick it on to produce more flowers and fruit. Go for a liquid uh, that you can apply weekly, weekly-weekly, as in W-E-A-K-L-Y and W-E-E-K-L-Y, so weekly-weekly. <laughs> does that got make it, sense? Got it, yeah. <laughs> so you can do that regularly, and you can do that over the foliage, not on a 40-degree day, but that will get into the plant straight away and maybe kick-start the flowering and fruiting.
9: Okay. Also, avocado trees really, really struggling. You know, they get all these lovely new little growth and then all the leaves half brown off and drop off. Is that the same problem, too much heat? Um,
2: it, it can be. They certainly need protection when they're young. They need a range of trace elements. They are prone to anthracnose. Uh, so something that you could use is antibrot, which is um, it. it counteracts. And do you know what? I read something the other day, and it was Acacia pulchella, which is the prickly moses, which is a native plant, can uh, ward off dieback. Oh, okay. There you go, in bushland. Mm, And I'm thinking, hmm, that's very interesting. I'd never heard that before.
9: With our wind, should the avocado be, um, have like something around them to protect them from the... um from the wind
2: that the would elite. be a help mm, yeah. uh, but that does get harder when they grow to six meters but when yeah. they're young
0: certainly yes yeah
9: okay all right thank you very much
0: you're welcome thanks sandy okay. cheers bye. for that bye and let's talk about roses we're in Maddington
6: sue good morning hi Sue. good morning good morning Um, due to your advice last year we got rid of the chili virus and the roses this year haven't been that good. But on a few of them now, and they're the Delbar roses. Yes. Um, the growth that's come is very brittle. And I've noticed up the stems when I've pruned it off, there's like raised brown pinhead little nodules. Um, and they the new growth at the top is bright green and it you'll know what i mean when i say it doesn't look right Mm. the nodules are up the stem and i can almost not use secateurs i can almost snap snap them off it's not on all the roses but um you can see when you look at them that some of them aren't right anymore Mm. i do wonder up the stem the little nodules Yes. If
2: you scrape them, do they come away easily? Yes, I have scraped them and yes, they do come off. Yes. Right, that sounds very much like scale. Mm. And yes. And so I would use uh, on those an eco-oil. An eco-oil, right. You you can use uh, natra soap. That's a, another one that's low toxicity. Um, right. You can also prune it away. But
6: just have a look further down. I've been doing that, yes. Mm. So has it come up through the soil or uh, how have I got it?
2: (laughs) Scale do move in sometimes on unhealthy plants and ants can move them around. So Mm. if you've got any signs of ants there, try and deal with your ants.
6: Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Mm. So prune them back. And how often should I spray them with the eco oil? Well,
2: I'm thinking if you prune off most of it and deal with the yes. ants, then you may not have to. Just keep an eye on it. All right. Okay. All right. You all right. might you might be able to nip it in the bud before it gets worse, Sue.
6: Yes, it's not on all of them, um, so um, we might be able to get rid of it. Thank you for a lovely program, and once again, thanks for your very useful advice. Thanks, Sue. Cheers, love. Take care.
0: Bye. Bye. Bye for now. All right. Now, rather than $75,000 gift voucher, we have to drop that back a bit and uh, give you a $75 gift voucher. Compliments of Kerry at Bigger Trees in Pickering, Brook. Now, the latest from Bigger Trees is they've had huge stock arrivals this week from the eastern states and all your fruit trees, all your all ornamentals. The range is vast, extensive enormous so for big plants and little plants check out biggertrees.com.au and you can find out more info about these arrivals anything you need to know on their facebook page as well now here is your question and oh boy do we thank john for some of these questions i've got to get my tongue around this one what is believed to have been built by nebuchadnezzar the second nebuchadnezzar i can't say it nebuchadnezzar nebuchadnezzar the second, in the 5th century BCE, so that his wife wouldn't feel so homesick for the mountains of her homeland. Must be a curtain FM member, not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. I'll try and repeat that. What is bele- You can say the word for me. What is believed to have been built by? Nebuchadnezzar. The second, in the 5th century BCE, so that his wife wouldn't feel so homesick for the mountains of her homeland. If you'd like to win the $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees. Hop to it. We're back in a moment. Oh, no, we're not. We will be. Bear with me. Radio. Five minutes left of Let's Talk Gardening. We're straight out to Marangaroo. We do have a prize winner, by the way, for the Bigger Trees voucher. Talk about that in a moment. Leslie, good morning.
6: Uh, good morning. Um, it's just uh, I need to know whether or not it's
3: okay now to prune back a red centre line. it's two years old. It's one of the ones that the CSIRO put together. Okay. It's a bit like the green finger line. Right.
2: Leslie, it's probably not a good idea to be trimming back any citrus right now. I would wait till autumn. It, okay. The citrus are, are very susceptible to burning. And, of course, with the, the heat that we have had... Uh, I would just wait a little bit longer.
3: Okay, then. we Will do. Okay. Right, I will take your advice. Thanks a lot there, girls. You're Thanks, welcome. Leslie. Bye for now. Yeah, bye-bye.
0: And, okay, so the... <laughs> do I have to do this? The question was, what is believed to have been built by Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. How come you remember it so well? Nebuchadnezzar. Takes me back to primary school. Oh, I... Like clearly wasn't there, the second. <laughs> you were there. <laughs> in the 5th century BCE so that his wife wouldn't feel so homesick for the mountains of her homeland. The answer is the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. That's beautiful. So congratulations to Julie from Thornley. A $75 gift voucher will be in the mail to you this week from Bigger Trees. And do let us know what you spend it on. we love to know. Carry on.
2: Now, Paula has sent us an email. She says, good morning, Faye and Ray." Does ginger plant need to be in full sun? I found one sprouting in the kitchen. Can I still plant it at this time of year? I have some growing in the pot. Yes, you can. They do very well at this time of year. They like they do like sunlight, but they like filtered sunlight. If it's growing in the kitchen, I would just um, be concerned that it's not... Um, well, that it might have been treated and or not organic. Uh, so knowing where your your rhizomes come from is always good. They will grow. It will die down in winter, but in the meantime, it will grow well. Feed it up. Give it a huge pot because they do need a lot of room and a lot of food and a lot of water. And then before winter time or around winter time, it'll start to go off, yeah. and that's when you harvest it. Mm. So I would tend to get them growing in spring Mm -hmm. but you do still have a few months barbara of kinross has written in she has the opportunity to obtain a fig and a a fig tree and a rosemary bush but they have to be transferred to pots question is what size roots can i expect them to have and is potting them a good idea both are mature the fig is about six foot tall and fruiting at the moment is perhaps taking cuttings a better idea and how would i go about that Well, a six-foot fig tree isn't that big. No, They do have big roots. The best time to move it would be winter when they're dormant and you can give it a really hard cut back. Uh, It would, however, I think be better to do it later, not now. You would lose all the fruit if you moved it now. Uh, But they will grow well from a cutting once again in wintertime. Same with the rosemary, you know, You can have a go. You really haven't got a lot to lose. However, I certainly would take cuttings from the plant because I think they will do better from cuttings. And, Mm. you know, you could take quite a few and create a hedge of rosemary.
0: Lovely. There we go. Okay, anything else you need to say to wrap things up?
2: Well, we have booked Daryl Hardy, Dr. Daryl Hardy, for next week. He's coming in? Okay, he is Great. And I've learnt a new word this week, right? Okay. Daryl better...
0: will be right on top of it. It's entomophagy. Entomophagy. Yes. And, uh, okay, and what does it mean? Uh, it's about insects and Funny, though. Uh,
2: being self-sufficient and... The culture of eating insects.
0: Of eating insects. Yes. Oh, I need it, to know more. I, <laughs> I thought you'd never <laughs> ask. It could be our future, Ray. It could well be. Anything could happen. Who knows? Look at the last couple of years. Like, a, like a quick shout out to Daryl Wiley again from HR Products for supplying a fantastic uh, Weather Sense Smart Irrigation Controller, the Orbit beehive pro that was won by a lucky bernard jervis okay and he resides in broome we are giving away a different beast next week this is a rainbird product it is another smart irrigation controller this one that we will talk about more next week is valued at more than eight hundred dollars now if you've entered in the past and you haven't been lucky here's your third chance coming up okay Thanking Bev Daring, John Glidden. Thank you, Caro, Wishing you a very good week. Wishing all our listeners a great week. Uh, Jim Kreinen is next with the Classic 70s. And then also Brendan T from 12 Noon. The gardenism I chose was from Andrea Whiteley. She posts these beautiful gardenisms and she actually highlighted one and tagged me on it on the Facebook page. So here we go. Some people could be given an entire field of roses and only see the thorns in it. Others could be given a single weed and only see the wildflower in it. Perception is a key component to gratitude and gratitude is a key component to joy. We like that. Happy gardening, everyone. Take care and we will be with you again next Saturday. Cheers for now. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.